This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast, where we talk about the kinds of things that not a lot of people talk about to help you enjoy aging, not let aging ruin your life. It's going to happen, right? But we've got to figure out ways to manage it and enjoy it as long as we're going to be around. And that's mental, spiritual, and physical. And today, my guest, Liz Zamorski, we're going to talk the spiritual side of life and the importance of getting in touch with who we are on the spiritual side or the inner wisdom side, whatever you want to call it, so that we can process old news, old experiences, heal, that kind of thing. So Liz, welcome. Thank you so much, Greg. I'm, I'm so, so excited to be here. This is exciting. Yeah. So as always, I want my listeners to know about my guests and you have a really interesting story. Corporate lawyer, now psychic. Can you take us down that road? Sure. <laughs> down the rabbit hole? Yeah. So I. Grew up in America. I worked my way through school. I went to law school and I had this upbringing that had very strict definitions around what it was to be successful. And that meant, you know, having a corporate job, working my butt off, proving myself, making a lot of money and having security. And there was no room in there for happiness pleasure, joy, fulfillment. It was really about co-opting my experience for a paycheck and doing whatever it took to reach X number of figures. And that would be how I would be successful. And I bought into that. I was a people pleaser. I, I followed suit and I became a corporate lawyer. And I was working in Dubai at an international firm and It was exactly as stressful as you could imagine a corporate lawyer position would be in a place like Dubai where it's all business. There's a lot of money coming through there. And I found myself getting so burned out by it. But I had ingrained and internalized so deeply putting my shoulder to the grindstone Mm -hmm. that I just kept putting my feelings, putting my experience in the backseat and just letting that drive to achieve based on other people's standards, pull me along on autopilot. And then in 2014, I tragically suffered the loss of my brother. He he died very suddenly. And as you can imagine, it just rocked me to my core because I realized in that moment that I was not equipped to process the grief or the emotion that came along with that kind of experience. And I did what I knew how to do. And I just buried it and I got back to work. And I just kept trying to override that emotional experience. And I didn't know at the time that I was really robbing myself 
of being able to honor my brother, honor our relationship, honor my feelings, and heal the things that I wasn't able to say to him before he died. And I didn't realize how much that was holding me back, Mm. how, how that experience had come through to also be a catalyst for my healing. And so we moved, my, my husband and I moved our family to Sweden where he's from in 2016. And I was suddenly without a job for the first time since I was a teenager And, and I was alone a lot. And so I just started walking through the woods every day and I would listen to podcasts or I would listen to music. And I just started being more and more open to how good I felt taking that walk every day. And it didn't feel like it was just from moving my body. There was something else going on, like the connection with nature, the wisdom that I was receiving when I was there, the the ideas that would pop in my head, the memories that would come up where I felt like I could actually process them. And I started listening on those walks as well to spiritual podcasts, just because I was curious about what was happening when I was taking these walks. And I ended up um, listening to a podcast where someone was talking about this oracle card reading course that they were offering at a beta level. So this was now December 2018, so not even three years ago. And I had taken a job as legal counsel at a software company here in Sweden. And it coincided with me signing up for this beta oracle reading course. And more and more, as I got deeper and deeper into this oracle card reading, I started being able to understand that it wasn't just pictures on cards. It was a picture on a card that I would be able to look at and it would trigger something in me. It would make an idea pop in my head. And I realized that those ideas or those triggers would lead to me, lead me to being curious about like, you know, what am I actually feeling about this? What is, what stories are coming up for me? And just leaning more and more into the healing aspect and the amount of emotion that I could start processing just by using like a safe tool to kind of, you can think of it like a journal prompt. It would be almost like a journal prompt where you would start writing and writing and writing and filling pages. But I was just using the cards as the prompt. And while I was growing in that practice, I realized again with the corporate lawyer gig, with the in-house counsel gig, that I was miserable there. Mm. That, That once I had started really processing my need to please others before myself, I realized that I what my happiness and my joy were not up for hire anymore. And so only a year ago in April of 2020, I ended up quitting my legal job and hanging out my shingle to do this full time to be um, a tarot reader, psychic reader, a psychic coach. And the community that's come in, Whenever I feel like I have doubts, a new part of the community comes in. My connection with you is one example of that, where I was kind of thinking, you know, am I really doing the right thing? It feels like things have slowed down a bit. And then I had this opportunity to meet someone halfway around the world and have these conversations. So it's this journey that continues to unfold. But the more I work with clients, the more I realize that as each one of us heals, and we all have the ability to do it, 
we're not only raising our own vibration, feeling happier and more joyful, but we affect all of those around us. Mm -hmm. It really becomes this ripple effect that's extending much further than just ourselves. Because those people that we affect, they go out and affect others and so on and so forth. And it sounds a little bit, um, I mean, like I hear myself saying it and I I know that it sounds a little bit maybe hippy dippy, but at the same time, I can own that because I've seen it happen. I felt it happen. And so I just recently became inactive as an attorney and that was a yeah, that was a huge step. Actually, two days ago, um, I sent in the form, registered mail, and that was a huge step for me to say, you know what, I'm really, yeah. I'm really done now. It's like burn the ships. Yeah, you know, there's just no we're not going back there. Failed. I can't get on it anymore. Good for you. Good for Thanks. You. Yeah, I remember when I, I was a private chef. I was a chef, then I was a private chef, and I. Woke up one day and I I just couldn't do it any. I literally said out loud, I cannot cook another meal in someone's home. And however, I still, that was my way of earning money. I'd been certified as a coach. I was working for a company as a coach and I really wanted this to be my thing. But it took me a while to not have to have those clients anymore. And oddly, there was one client who kept calling because I was like, no, I really don't want to do it. In the summer, it's in the Hamptons, everybody's having parties. Well, I got Lyme's disease because she kept calling and calling. Oh, just one more. I got Lyme's disease so bad. Like I literally couldn't think. I could barely walk. And I had to say no. And she's like, what do you mean? Your husband could drive. You could make the food at home. Your husband could drive you. And I was just like, in that moment, I realized, I'm not going to say Lyme's disease was a gift. It felt awful. But it was this burn the ships moment for me. Like it gave me an out to finally say, I said no. I mean, no, can't do it. Because there was you know, a couple of weeks where I really couldn't cook. And so that gave me the mental space and the inner work space to say, why do I keep going back? Do I think I can't do what I believe I'm here to do at this moment in my life? So anyway, that was a good uh, transition point for me. So I know the feeling, kudos to you. Thank you. Let's talk about, you use the word healing and I want to differentiate between physical healing, although emotions do contribute to our emotional, our, our physical wellness but you were talking about a psychic kind of healing when you talked about going in the woods and learning this stuff. Say a little more about, um, because your story may not be everybody's story, corporate stress, all that. But I think a lot of us have things in our lives that contain us, that we believe we have to be or act like. But why do we need to heal from that? What is it that you use the word healing? Yeah, so a lot of those behaviors, the ways that we act, are not actually what we're born with. They're not behaviors that we're born with. They're learned behaviors or they're learned coping mechanisms. And especially with childhood trauma, I'm of the school of thought, you know, during my research and then through my own experience that we're all carriers of trauma through our experiences. And I also buy into epigenetics as a study that we, and I mean, I say buy into, but I don't mean that it's, Hocus pocus, but it's just a newer field that we're learning more about. So when we're when we're showing up in the world and we have adopted these coping mechanisms or we've adopted these boundaries to keep ourselves safe, we're going through many micro traumas all the time because we're denying what, what we really feel. We're denying our true experience. 
or we're denying the true depth of our experiences because we learn somewhere along the way or we hold in our DNA the trauma that it's not safe to be fully us. It's not safe to be fully expressed. It's not safe to show up in the world in your way fully and make ourselves small or we hide ourselves or we edit ourselves or we alter our energy to fit in because conformity is safety and non-conformity is either unsafe or it leads to abandonment or it leads to a lack mindset. We might lose something. And so really getting in deeply about how we show up in the world. Are we being true to ourselves? Are we just trying to make everyone else around us happy or to like us? And once we can start asking these questions in a vulnerable way, we actually get to the root of what we're feeling, the root of who we really are and what's been covering that up. And so I believe that that process is a healing process. We're healing that programming. We're telling ourselves in the most loving way, you are worthy just as you are. You are worthy of being seen. You're worthy of being loved. You're worthy of being respected. You're worthy of being listened to. And so as we get to tell ourselves that and then show up more fully expressed as ourselves, we really heal. And then we can help those around us also heal. And the word healing, the root, I believe, is wholeness anyway, right? So we're making ourselves, we're bringing all of ourselves to the present moment, not cutting off limbs, spiritual soul limbs to fit into a pattern. Exactly. As a psychic and a card reader, when you transitioned, and maybe still now, did you meet with any resistance from people in your circle, your loved ones? And and how did you manage that? (laughs) Yeah, great question. So I did meet with a lot of resistance. I was so afraid when I was leaving my job. I was so afraid that my colleagues wouldn't take me seriously that I would be ridiculed, that I'd be questioned, like, is this legitimate or have you lost your mind? Um, And I was really scared of what my family would say because I grew up in a very strict Catholic upbringing where the afterlife or past lives or tarot or psychic powers were all viewed as sinful or forms of possession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even being close to 40 years old, I was worried about what my family would say, what my extended family would say. And on my last day of work, we had, it was right after we all started working from home last year. And so on my last day of work, we were in a Zoom meeting with my team. And one of them said, what what are you going to be doing after this? Because we hadn't been in the office, so people hadn't really heard my story. And I'd kept it so under wraps. It was like being Clark Kent in Superman, where when I went to work, I really shut that part of myself off. And so I said to my team, I'm leaving to read tarot cards on YouTube because that was what I was doing at the time. And it was dead silent for a few too many beats. Mm -hmm. And it felt like forever. And then I could hear people 
typing. Cause you know how when people are typing when you're on Zoom, yeah, you can yeah. hear that. So I could hear that clickety clack. And so I knew people were Googling my my name or seeing what would come up. And one of them said, Oh, I found a website. And he started reading the Google SEO, you know, the yeah. tagline for my website about healing through psychic readings and through Reiki healing. And he read it out loud and everybody laughed. Oh. And he said, I think somebody messed with your SEO or something. And I just looked at him and I said, Nope, that's me. <laughs> and in that moment, it was like my worst fear had just unfolded, was being ridiculed. And in that moment, I just felt like, well, at least it's happened to my face. So I can answer him right back. And in that moment, saying that to you know this PhD software developer and feeling so empowered about it, I just thought, you know, to hell with it. I have to own this. This is what I really want to do. And I've worried so much about other people's opinions so much that, you know, I guilted myself through four years of undergrad, three years of law school, all this student debt, working in law firms, you know, trying to avoid being judged or ridiculed. And where did that get me? And so I just had to make this decision to try it another way. Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, I could have gone back into law. Worst case scenario, I could go back into another firm, but I just had to try it. And since that time, it's so funny. My family, my extended family, nobody ever mentions it. Nobody ever talks about it, asks about it. I don't rub it in their faces. It's just this kind of unspoken thing that this is what I'm doing and it's not up for discussion or debate. And so it's that's also been this huge healing aspect for me was just overcoming this fear of what others would think and finally realizing they're so caught up in what they're doing. So many people are so caught up in their own lives that if they do judge you, it's for a moment. Right. Or it's to process something that they need healing. Mm -hmm. And you become the avatar for what they lack or what they want. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you were so eloquently answering that. I asked in part because I wanted to hear it, but for the listeners who also feel at a certain age or a certain point in their lives, there's this thing that's tugging at them. They're studying on the side. They're dr- pulling a card every day for themselves and living you know, in that intention and getting good results. There is that, that process of you know, this is going to be hard. This is going to, pardon my French, suck some days. People are going to laugh at me, all that. But here we are, you know, to talk about it. I mean, when I first got certified as a coach, a life coach, it was 2004. And there was only a lot of doubt about the whole thing. I mean, there were corporate coaches and executive coaches, but a life coach sounded kind of foofy and, you know, but it, it paid out. I mean, it worked out for me. And then, you know, I added nutrition, whatever. But then when it came time for my spiritual side, and I, you and I have had a conversation about this offline, I still haven't fully owned my other side business called the Divine Wild Ride, which is about psychic reading, not psychic readings, but Akashic Record readings and, you know, helping people have conversations that might be difficult and not mainstream, but find a place that's easy for them, that's safe for them. Because part of this kind of a conversation for me 
makes it possible for people to maybe have a conversation with somebody that they're also close to that they wouldn't ordinarily say like, oh, I listened to this podcast the other day. This lawyer turned into a tarot card, right? Like now it's an exciting possibility for somebody to reveal a part of them, not this, it's all scary. It is scary, but there are other really, really great things that come from it. Not the least of which you must feel this, you feel whole. You're doing what you're here to do at this point. Maybe that was your life was good in those days. It doesn't sound like you really loved it ever, but you know what I'm saying? You had to go through that, I guess, is where I'm going. And yeah. now you are all of you. Yeah. And I want to back up just for a second, if you don't mind, about this, about that fear, because I've been, for myself, I've really been unraveling a lot of this fear of kind of coming out of the broom closet. <laughs> and the more research and the more, channeling I've done on this exact subject, because I find it so helpful in anything, not just spirituality, of course, but with anything is to have that community, to have other people who can validate your experience or who can even question you, but in a loving and respectful and constructive way, instead of this doubtful judging way. Mm -hmm. And the community aspect has been so important to me in so many ways, and least of which and this is what I've been recently researching, is how much collective trauma we hold around the fear of our own power, the fear of our own spirituality, because of these different periods in history where it wasn't safe to dabble in herbology or to use crystals or to read palms or to even be a woman and read a book, which was heresy. And so there's just this collective grief and secrecy around exploring this wisdom or this part of ourselves that for so long has been pejorative to say the word witch or to say the word spiritual instead of religious. Mm -hmm. It's had a connotation that has been painful for a lot of people. And so I feel that also the more of us who can have these conversations, we're not just healing and making ourselves whole. We're healing that collective grief just bit by bit of taking back the power for ourselves instead of staying secret and in the dark and feeling like, I hope nobody catches me doing this weird thing that also feels really good. So I love this idea too of being able to start these conversations with people. And finding safe, I, I'm really big on this, um, the safe spaces of spirituality, mm-hmm. finding your community, finding your, I just hesitated because I was about to say mentor, but it could be a mentor or a guide or, you know, just finding your people who help you to feel that you have permission to heal, that you have permission to access this information or to process it and and integrate it into your life. Mm -hmm. Speaking of communities, when you hesitated about the word mentor, I get it, right? Like there's this whole mentor guru coach. There's a lot of that floating around, lots of good ones, maybe a little not so um, all they say isn't necessarily what they bring to the table. How would you advise people who want to get into a community like this, aside from your community, which we can talk about, like, what do you look for? And what do you, like, what's a red flag for you in a community of spiritual people? A red flag, my first red flag is, let's say it's an online community through 
Facebook. Um, My first red flag is if I'm looking through the comments on posts and I see a lot of unchecked judgment, Mm. people saying that there's a right way to do something or you're doing, you're doing this wrong. You're doing spirituality wrong. You know, if there's a lot of nitpicking that's going unchecked in a community, that lets me know that, that the people who are guardians of this community, administrators of it are not finding that problematic or addressing that. And so I would say that, especially as you're opening yourself up to your spirituality or what you believe or the modalities that you're curious about, look for non-judgmental spaces and look also for guides or guardians of spaces who do give pushback on very strict rules that are coming up or judgment that's coming up from others because your spirituality is going to unfold exactly as you need it to. Yeah. And that's a good a reference to the idea that we're somebody is further along the path and not as far along on the path. I know that that's used regularly. I write copy for coaches and sometimes they want to use that. And I think is that because it's, it's a judgment, yeah. you know, somebody may have been into enlightenment and spirituality and meditation for 30 years. And I just started last year I'm still on my path exactly where my path needed me to be on, and they are too. But further along and less further along sets us up to feel, it, first of all, we're comparing ourselves, which is not great. But to want to experience maybe what somebody who's further along on the path has experienced, I think that's a great goal, just not to feel less than because we're not right. in the same place. Right. Or to feel like you're pigeonholed into only doing this, mm-hmm. making this, doing this practice in a very specific way. And it's so funny because this word practice has come up for me a lot recently. And I've really been drawing parallels between the practice of law and then also my psychic practice, where it, it is like law or medicine, where you learn a lot about the tools and I'm sure it's with coaching too. You you learn about a lot about the tools, you learn a lot about the kind of anatomy of spirituality, but until you're actually getting in there and trying things out and exploring and seeing what works for you and what doesn't, it's all still theoretical. And so really allowing yourself to make decisions, make decisions that feel good for you not following someone else's footsteps exactly because that was what they needed at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Who would you say is your most, let's say, I don't want to put it, the word demographic is wrong. Do you have a certain type of person that is following you on Facebook, uh, YouTube or getting readings, or is it just all across the board these days? Everybody's into it. It's all across the board these days, but I've found that I attract more women who are in their middle age, you know, and I'm saying middle age as between 40 and 60. So don't shoot the messenger, but middle age women who have come to this part on their path where it's just not cutting it anymore. The, the programming that they have or the ways that they've been taught that they need to be in the world or show up in the world just aren't fulfilling them. Mm-hmm. And so they come to me we, when we're doing a reading, it's very high vibration. It, I always say it kind of feels like a chat with your best neighbor who 
always has the best coffee or tea and where you just feel like an hour flies by yeah. and, and we talk and we're pulling cards and we're both freaking out about synchronicities and just having so much fun and laughing. And then, you know, it feels like that intimacy of being with an old friend, but it can happen almost instantly because when your energy is open, you can really start weaving together something holistic, something that feels like it's past, present, future, and that we're accessing our energy in a way that's very healing. And I've said this before, I hate to sound like a broken record, but we are all energy. And for people that that might be such a, like, I don't know how to access that concept person. You don't need to understand it to have it happen, that energetic connection. And I know that if I said to somebody, when, you, when we used to be able to walk into rooms with people, if we walked into a room and the energy was bad, if there would be an event and I would step out to go to the restroom and come back, and the room was silent and the energy was heavy. I know that somebody might have been at the mic telling a really sad story. We, we have all experienced the energy of other people. We are those other people in reverse, right? Yeah. We have energetic beings. And like you said, when you're open, and usually when somebody signs up for a reading or a consult, with, they're excited, they're a little nervous, they're a little trembly, but that's an emotional, that's a high level of vibration, right? Yeah. So like you said, you're open and it just happens. Which yeah, here. So don't hold back if y'all are waiting to get yourself a reading on it of any kind, whether it's Liz or somebody exactly. else. Go for it. Exactly. And I'll say that I'll give you a little tip and trick. Okay. I always tell people right before reading in my intake email, I say, right before a reading, five to ten minutes before, put on a couple of your favorite songs mm -hmm. that just always make you happy. Dance if you feel like dancing, but just let yourself kind of get into that vibration. So people who aren't even aware of how energy works or if, if this is a new concept, try that. If you're kind of feeling down in the dumps, go find a place where you can be alone for five to 10 minutes and put on your fail-safe favorite upbeat, you know, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody or whatever it is, and just let yourself go there. Mm. Oh my gosh, Bill Withers, Lovely Day, also a big one of mine. But just let yourself go there, close your eyes, and just feel how that changes your energy. Feel how much you feel strengthened and just as if you've been at the spa. Mm. 10 minutes is all it takes. And then just go back out to your day with the intention of, I'm taking this higher vibration with me to everyone I meet. That's a great tip. Thanks. I, I do that for sales calls <laughs> before a call. Or with a new client, you know, I have to put myself in a vibration, even though I'm excited too, to start with that person. I want to make sure that I'm at the highest level of vibration and positivity as I can be. And sometimes that's not even like dance music. Sometimes it's like a beautiful cello piece or whatever it is for you is what I'm trying to get at. Whatever moves the person listening right now. Yeah. You teach people how to increase their psychic powers. Is that true? Did I get that right? Yeah, how to access them how more. To access. Okay, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm a believer that we are all born with very acute psychic powers, that we come and we know how to trust our instincts because that's what keeps us alive. And when I say psychic powers, I mean what you were talking about, where you're receiving input all the time from your five senses, but there's something that connects with your intuition that makes it mean something to you. 
And so what you may be perceiving in the same situation as me with your five senses may mean something completely different to you based on our life experience. And so when we're children, we're taught very early on how to cover up these instinctive knowings, these ways of processing information that's personal to us. And we instead have to follow the rules or go hug grandma because somebody told you to, even though you feel like you don't want to, or you have to get on the stage and sing with the rest of your class, even though there's something inside of you saying, I just can't do this. So we're taught, I need to please others instead of listening to my inner knowing. And this just compounds as we get older and older. And what that does is it kind of clouds our intuition. And so what I do is in this psychic development course, it's called Get Psyched. It's not like a typical psychic course where you feel like you go in and someone's going to teach you like, here's how we read a card and here's how we use a pendulum and here's how to read a palm. Instead, we really start with understanding what barriers we've put up to our intuition, to our intuitive hits, to our psychic senses, and then start dismantling those in a safe way to see how we how much we're already perceiving the world around us through our own intuition. Like you said, walking into a room and just feeling the energy, that's using your psychic senses where sometimes your your five senses aren't matching up with the vibe you feel. Mm, yeah. But you just know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really dismantling the barriers to our psychic knowing and then from there realizing how strong of a foundation you have, and then going further to to learn different modalities. We practice on each other in the community. And we really build this safe space, safe spiritual space. It's open to men and women, but it's only ever been all women. So it does become, that's who I attract, but it becomes this really beautiful, safe, feminine space. And I don't mean feminine as, um, as in just female, but this place where it feels very nurturing and safe and where people can open at their own pace. It's it's not a rat race. It's not achieving. It's not hitting the goal of being the most psychic, but it's really learning how to integrate your psychic senses into your daily life to help inform your path every day. So it's not just here we're sitting in the sacred space and using our psychic powers, then we shut it off and go back to the real world. Mm. It's really showing people you can use this and and allow it to inform you all day long during your daily life. And just watch how you start attracting different caliber of people. You start attracting a different caliber of experience and everything around you can feel so much more expansive when you're perceiving it with more than just your five senses. That is the truth. It expands your possibilities, your understanding, awareness. And you talk a lot about being in the woods, how much you love connecting with nature. and. I do too. And there are times when I don't have an intention. It's not like I have to run to the woods. I just, I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to sit on the grass and under a tree. But sometimes I'll just tap into the energy of that tree or the sound that the forest, well, we don't have forest, but we have trees. The sound that is that there's birds, there's rustling of leaves. Maybe it's dead, still quiet, but that also is an expansive feeling. It may not provide me with a big insight. I might get one. I just feel so delicious. Yeah. This brings up, I have to tell you a quick side story because yesterday I was going for my morning walk. And as I was approaching 
the entrance to where I go into the woods. I was probably about 30 yards away. So it was fairly close, but I heard this whole ruckus of bird song. I mean, it sounded like Grand Central Station in the woods with all these birds chatting back and forth. And I was so filled with joy just being like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be in there with them. Yeah. You know, I don't understand their language in, in a traditional sense, but just hearing how excited they are to be alive, to be in the woods, to be chatting with each other, to understand one another, and just being underneath this kind of halo of birdsong going back and forth. I just thought, oh my gosh, this just fills me on such a different level than anything else could. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So tell us where people can find you. What's your website? Sure. My website is www.lizzamorski.com with two Z's in the middle. And I'm also on Instagram at the Femme Genius. Okay, good. And YouTube, you have a YouTube channel. You do YouTube uh, card readings, have, you say? Yep, I have readings for the different horoscope signs, the zodiac signs, and that's Liz Zamorski readings on YouTube. Okay, great. And the course that you were talking about is full. You just are starting one now, but you're going to launch it again in the fall, did you say? Yeah, in September, we'll have another, and it's a month-long psychic development course. And is there, do they sign up on your website if they want to get information about that? They can sign up for my mailing list on my website and that way they'll get the notification when Get Psyched is being launched again. Okay, great. I love the idea of it. Well, Liz, thank you so much. This has been really juicy information and let's take it back to the beginning. We started this conversation about healing and we talked about lots of different ways that this exploration and standing in our power and owning who we are is is healing. Give me one last, what can a card provide if somebody were to come and have a card reading? A card provides a jumping off point okay. for us to access what in their energy needs attention. Mm. I like that. Yeah. So those places that we may not feel that we can access on our own, suddenly there's clarity. Mm-hmm. Because it just comes out. So that also goes into that healing aspect too. So it's really that jumping off point to reach those places that we can't go alone. Perfect. Thank you for all of your wisdom and good conversation. And everybody, thank you for being with us. I will be back next week with another great guest. And until then, be well. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you've heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time. And stay that way.